Hey guys, so there are tons of organizations and individuals who are making the world a better place, a lot of which we've yet to feature on the podcast. We know because a lot of you guys have been reaching out. So to help us dig our way through, we're holding a contest to determine who to feature on the next season of Sincerely Human. And it's super easy to join. Just pick out your favorite episode of the podcast and share the link. You can do this by posting on social media, or you can send it to three people in your network via text, email, however way you choose. Then just email us at contact at humangroupmedia.com with a brief description of your organization and a screenshot of you sharing the episode. The two winners will be featured on a Sincerely Human episode next season, as well as our Instagram page. On top of that, we'll also be donating $150 to your organization. Email us your entries by December 18. If you know someone who might be interested, please share this with them. All the details are in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. One of the last months of my time in flight school, and I'll never forget this, I walk into my house that I have three roommates. We come in after physical training that morning, we turn on the TV and we see one plane had already flown into a tower and then another plane flies into the tower. And at that moment in time, these young lieutenants, because that's what we were in the army, we realized that our army and the experience that we're going to have serving was going to be very different than those who had come before us. You're listening to Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. This is Camille. And this is Maverick. Welcome to the show. According to a 2019 survey by the Pew Research Center, 64% of Americans look up to people who have served in the military, regardless of political support for conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq. However, as the new generation of members of the military is much smaller than it used to be, many Americans don't know a veteran anymore. But as you may know, serving your country comes in many forms. Just like doctors, teachers, first responders, mothers, and community leaders who have put the lives of others before their own. Our guest for today is Mike Burns, founder and CEO of Service First, a jewelry brand that celebrates service. Mike is also the host of the podcast, Redefining the Influencer, a show from our growing podcast network at Human Group Media. Through Redefining the Influencer, Mike is committed to shining a light on stories of those who have navigated a life of sacrifice, found joy in service, and made a commitment to the greater good. In this episode, you'll learn from Mike's journey as a military veteran turned entrepreneur. It's been a few years since we set ourselves on a mission to investigate and tell stories of kindness. And we've never been more grateful to have met Mike. When it comes to humans who naturally inspire us to do good, he's the real deal. And this episode will tell you why. So I come from an entrepreneurial family. Mike was born in Louisville, Kentucky, but his family moved to San Antonio, Texas when he was young. Growing up, Mike's dad was in and out of his life. It was his mom that he learned a lot from. 
my mom, she studied medicine in San Antonio and she actually created a pediatric practice. And I was always inspired by that because my mom is not from Texas, even though most of my dad's side of the family was from Texas. My mom's side of the family is from Mississippi. And a lot of them had just high school diplomas, not a lot of higher level education. And seeing like this strong, small, like petite black woman like build was just always amazing to me because she was counted out and discounted so much. But growing up, she really just raised me and my brother. And she did that while building her own business. And so she instilled in us very early that there's no excuse that you don't let anybody else determine what you want to be. And the only way to control your destiny is for you to create it. Mike got an opportunity to go to a military school called the Texas Military Institute. He received a high school scholarship meant to diversify the student body. Mike wasn't especially interested in the military, but he accepted the offer because he cared about receiving a good education. That's where my first introduction to the military was. So no one in my family had had a strong military affiliation, had been in the Army, Navy, Air Force. But going to the school was the first time I saw the uniforms and I met people who had served. And I'd seen the statues that were around the campus of the military leaders. And it interests me, but not enough to say I wanted to serve in the military. After high school, Mike chose to go to West Point, a prestigious military university in New York State. Here at West Point, it's all about being the very best version of myself. Despite coming from a military high school, life at West Point was challenging. At West Point, like the Army, you wake up. Uh, around five o'clock in the morning. There's some type of physical fitness that you're required to do. And then you have college courses. And so you're in class from eight o'clock in the morning to about four o'clock in the afternoon straight. And then after that, you're forced to do some type of athletics. And so athletics is from four o'clock to five, five thirty. Then you're forced to do dinner together because they want to create an environment of collaboration and family and team. So you do dinner together. Dinner's over at seven. And then West Point builds a structure that for every hour of class you have, there's approximately two and a half to three hours of homework. So if the next day you have four or five hours of class, that's like eight hours of homework, 10 hours of homework and preparation that you have to do. So you're coming to your room at seven o'clock after dinner, 7.30 after dinner, and you're up until 12, one o'clock to where they tell you you have to have your lights off. And so West Point goes so far to tell you that when your lights have to be off in the room, knowing that there's no way you can have your homework done, and then you have to figure out how to be smart with flashlights and other things to get your work done. And you usually go to bed about two o'clock and start all over again the next morning at five o'clock. As difficult as it was, this experience taught Mike valuable lessons. So you have all of these people that were used to being the best and used to being the alpha in their high school environment. And then they go into West Point and now they're nothing, right? And they're being told exactly what to do and they have no personality. And I used to always say about West Point, it's not that you're now a small fish in a big pond. You're in a small pond because a West Point class is really small. It's about a thousand people. And you're still a big fish, but you're with a whole bunch of other big fish. And it really can play on your psyche. 
and it can play on your morale because West Point is built to ensure that you will not be good at something. And so when you're coming from high school and you're usually good at everything, stepping into an environment that is built to make sure that you're not good at something to break you down, it tells you a lot about yourself. That was definitely the case for Mike. I was the battalion commander of my high school, which is the highest ranking student over the JRTC program. I was the captain of the football team. I was the student body president. I had never made in my academic career less than probably an A minus. And then I get to West Point and fail chemistry. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, this might not be the place for me. But those are the kind of lessons that I think if you get at a young age, when you get hit with reality as an adult, which is absolutely not fair and will knock you down, you know how to figure it out because you understand how you react to it. And the military is no different. Mike had to spend some time in the military to pay for his degree at West Point. He chose to go to flight school in Kentucky. Just a few months before he graduated, an event changed Mike's life and millions of others dramatically. Very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. Clearly, something. We come in after physical training that morning, we turn on the TV, and we see one plane had already flown into a tower, and then another plane flies into the tower. And at that moment in time, these young lieutenants, because that's what we were in the Army, we realized that our Army, in the experience that we're going to have serving, was going to be very different than those who had come before us. And because I knew I was going to go to war, I chose to fly the Apache, which is the attack helicopter for the Army. At only 22 years old, Mike was deployed to Afghanistan. I had never flown outside of flight school. I had flown in flight school. I'd never flown anywhere else. And they said, hey, are you ready to go to Afghanistan? And I thought I was just going to go to be someone who supports the folks who were there. But they're like, we're going to need you to lead and, and take over. So the first time I ever flew a helicopter outside of flight school was in Afghanistan and supported some of the missions uh, that took place in Afghanistan. Came back after Afghanistan, was home for about six months to a year, and they said, hey, we think Saddam has weapons of mass destruction. We need you guys to go over to Iraq. So had the privilege of leading men and women during the first wave over inside of Iraq. And then on the tail end of the Iraq experience, once war operations were over, I was asked to come in and help rebuild northern Iraq and and act as the person over civil military affairs. And so I did that and helped rebuild four Iraqi cities uh, towards the tail end of Iraq. During his deployment, Mike collaborated with all types of people, from experienced pilots to young soldiers who had no education degrees, but knew how to fix helicopters. He learned to appreciate diversity in the team. To watch these brilliant people leverage all of their different experiences, and not just experiences in the military, but just experiences even outside of the military, to think outside the box, to do things like repair rotor blades on a helicopter, to take hydraulic fluid from one helicopter and move it over to another in the middle of a combat zone. And because they were able to think differently, and because they were so diverse in really their experience sets, I saw how that led to saving hundreds, if not thousands, of lives of other people who depended on them. And so, I really started appreciating diversity. I started appreciating inclusion. And I just really started appreciating people through events like that. It was during this time that Mike understood how each person 
can contribute to the greater good, no matter what role they played. I always felt it was important for people to realize that someone who wears a uniform, even though you might not think that they're special and maybe they were forced to do this, like what these people were able to do with very limited resources in the deserts of Afghanistan and Iraq, like I would put them against anybody in financial services or anybody who's a senior person in marketing in corporate America. And so these stories of service that we like to tell are important to, to share service, but really to show like the layers of the individuals who support and have dedicated their lives to service. And I really learned that during, and I've started to appreciate it during my times in Afghanistan and Iraq. Despite how passionate Mike is about service, he decided to leave the military in 2013. After 13 years, it was time for Mike to move on. I wanted to start a family. I wanted to do some things for me. And I just knew at that moment in time that if that was what I was going to make a priority, the me and the family and all that stuff, then there just wasn't the right alignment with the military. And so as much as I love the military, as much as I love the camaraderie, as much as I love the people, I felt that it was more important to work on things outside the military for me. And I do miss it in the sense that you'll never work with a group of better, just pure human beings. And the type of mentality of team first over itself, you don't find that in corporate America. But I can still connect with the people who serve. So it makes me still feel good while being able to do everything that I wanted to do with building a family and trying to explore myself a little bit more. Mike decided his next step was to venture down the road of entrepreneurship. The fact that you can build something that you can own something, that you can create something, that you can make a legacy for those that come behind you. And then more importantly, you can actually create opportunities for people in your community that may not necessarily have opportunities. And so that's the interest and the drive behind entrepreneurship and business. Initially, Mike wanted to create opportunities for people close to him. He wanted to help young men in the military. Like most entrepreneurs, we saw a problem. And the problem was that people in the military get married at a really young age. They're naive. Uh, they don't know much. And people were taking advantage. These big box stores were building up outside these military posts and they charge expensive amounts of money for these really low quality rings. And these kids didn't know any difference. And so they would buy them. And so we said when we were transitioning out that is there if there's anything that we can do to help make the experience better for them, to, but more importantly, ensure that they get high quality jewelry for the cheapest price that we can get because we know that they have limited budgets and they deserve this bespoke, very customized experience. This idea evolved into a business. In 2017, Mike started selling affordable, high quality jewelry that mirrored military symbols. Mike and his business partner named their brand Service First. I was an aviator, so we would make miniature flight wings uh, that someone could give to a loved one. They had big flight-related events. And whether it was engagement rings or it was this customized uh, military uh, symbolic jewelry, it was always, even though we didn't know it at that point in time, it was always connecting people who served with those who cared about service through jewelry. They eventually turned their business into an organization that honors people who serve in many different ways. 
what if we were to create a beautiful jewelry line that anybody could wear and not just people who wear military uniforms, but firefighters, first responders and nurses and doctors and teachers like this jewelry that people wear would tell the stories of these individuals or at least allow the conversation when someone's wearing a piece to tell the story. Because one of the great things about jewelry is jewelry's like art. It's a conversation starter. And so really that is the genesis of the company was telling these stories, allowing these stories to be heard because these are the type of people whose stories need to be heard. And we were doing it through jewelry. Over the summer, Mike and his team at Service First launched a podcast called Redefining the Influencer. Hi, everyone. I'm beyond excited to welcome you to the first episode of Redefining the Influencer, a show that shares the stories of exceptional people who have followed a call to service. I'm Mike Burns, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Service First. As we were writing out kind of the websites and the designs and the messaging, Instagram, as we all know, is all about like influencers. And we were looking at the influencers that had all these followers and, you know, no offense to the Kim Kardashians of the world, but we were thinking like, are these really the type of influencers we want our kids and our friends to emulate? And really the people, if we were to be honest with ourselves, we want as individuals to emulate, but we also want those who we associate to emulate are the people who have dedicated their lives to services our teachers, the hospital workers, the nurses, the veterans, like they instill and have the qualities that we think represent the best of what this world has to offer. So why don't we redefine what it means to be an influencer and let people through the podcast see that service is more than just wearing a uniform, that anyone can serve and you have to find your place to serve because you too should be and can influence through service. Mike knows that service is a powerful way to unite people, and he's committed to amplifying their stories. The one great thing about service, and I'd noticed this, when hurricanes hit or just natural disasters hit, and you watch how people rally around those events, And it's never about if you're a Democrat or a Republican or if you're black or if you're white or if you're gay or if you're straight. Just everyone rallies to support those who have been impacted by these events. And because of that, it just showed me like the power of service. And if we can get people to somehow pull back the veil of the divisiveness and the narrative that people have tried to create to separate us and leverage service to do that, to remind us how common and how similar we truly are and how much we truly care about one another, then I'm going to do whatever I can do to make that happen. And so that's the power of service. That's the power of these stories. That's the power of this brand is to remind people that we are good, that we do care, and that we're more similar than different. more about Mike's work at Service First. Just check out liveservicefirst.com. And with all the support you've given Sincerely Human over the years, we hope you show the same love to our other shows, including Redefining the Influencer. 
Link to subscribe and listen is in our show notes. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you again next week.